Welcome, everyone, to the French Fry Podcast. <laughs> uh, just kidding. This is a Soccer Thread Podcast. This is Colin Smith, not Dan Schrader. Once again, uh, he is did not make the 18. Um, we would love to have him, but he's just unavailable for selection. So instead, in Portland, we turn to Ryan Palmer. Yeah, uh, I would just like to clarify, Dan does not have frostbite in his feet. Um, and that's, <laughs> he's that's got an injury on his other foot. <laughs> Unrelated uh, to the frostbite injury he suffered three pots ago. <laughs> um, speaking of French fries, I had a stack of French fries before this pod. They were fantastic. I was supposed to share them with my wife, but I uh, inhaled them. Um, so I'm ready to go. I'm ready for this French fry pod. Michael Samuelson in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, How many is, French fries have you eaten today? This is such a good segue uh, to to something I really wanted to get your guys' thoughts on. So on Friday, I went out for dinner, uh, got a burger and french fries, housed it all, delicious. Uh, this was a two-burger weekend for your boy. Ooh. Hamburgers, too, not even some, some fake burgers. And I don't know the last time I ate a regular hamburger, and I just smashed two of them this weekend, and it was great. Um, but that's not what I want to talk to you guys about. Did you use wait? Did you use one as a plate before you ate the other one? No, di- <laughs> they were at different times, unfortunately. So you're doing it wrong. Yeah, I had to use one. One came in a basket. One did come on a plate, but neither came on a hamburger. So <laughs> it's not not fulfilling. But we went to a place in Minneapolis. It's called the High Low Diner. Some of our listeners may be familiar with it, and I contend to my wife. That this place is not a real diner. So before I describe Ooh. this place, I want to ask you guys, what are the critical elements something must have to be a diner? Booths. Got to have booths. Got to have a, uh, like, a eat-at bar um, and, like, stools but on a post that spin. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the outside of that stool is going to be like aluminum or whatever that is, silver yeah. metallic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then seed. Yeah. Uh, um, also have to be constantly serving breakfast. You have to have, yeah. you okay. have to be able to get an omelet at any point in the day for it to be a yeah. diner. Yeah. I would prefer if it's open 24 hours, but if it just has long hours, that's also okay. Got to be open early. I think we can agree oh, to that. Obviously. Yeah. Obviously. Okay. Um, I, you know, and now I'm just, I'm, I'm not, I don't, I don't want to say like this is a minimum quality, but uh, I prefer a diner that has metallic on the outside too. Mm-hmm. Maybe it looks like a train car, maybe it looks like a subway car, that yeah. whole kind of vibe. Yeah. But if not, you know, if it's just like out there in, you know, the suburbs, strip mall land, whatever kind of situation, if you can have the just kind of silver on the outside decor as well. Mm hmm. Okay. Uh, gotta have regulars. Gotta have regulars. Like, oh yeah. Okay. Someone that uh, is there all the time. Know the names. Th- thick coffee mugs. Thick coffee mugs. Coffee is just like, you know, free refill style. I feel like this might be problematic, but something at the front that you drop pennies into that's like for Shriners and stuff. 
That's big diner energy. March of Dimes, kind of. I did, yeah. really did not know where that yeah. was going. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, um, just hold on, quick, quick interlude. A, uh, a huge menu, <laughs> huge menu. Okay, okay. Just because Palmer said big diner energy, uh, I went to my first Minnesota United <laughs> game uh, on Saturday, and the guy, there was a guy sitting behind us. He was there with his family. Uh, I, I never turned around, so I don't know what he looked like, but he had the most big, big soccer dad energy of all time, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and me and my wife were just giggling. He was doing the thing where he would be like. Just yelling at random people on both sides, like "Great job, great pass, that was it. great," <laughs> and like pointing out stuff to his kids. Came with he came with two kids, uh, and and my wife kept talking about how he was um, he was uh, what was the word she was using? He um, this is not the right word, but he was kind of uh, dumbing down his language. He wasn't using profanity; he was using profanity, uh, you know, replacements. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, fudge! Yeah. Uh, a lot of a lot of darn, a lot of you know that kind of stuff. What the H uh, E double hockey sticks was that? He, he might like have said that. But then <laughs> there was one point where I can't remember even what happened. But he just oh, it was a bad call from the ref. And he just he just gets up and yells, "Oh, what the hell kind of crap was that?" <laughs> <laughs> it was just such a good payoff. Uh, it was really great. Anyway, big diner energy. Any any other elements uh, that that are critical to the diner? A diner mm. must have. Man, I don't know. A chef that has a really greasy uh, apron. Okay. Ooh, ooh. A waitress like that a, calls you hun. Yeah. I would, I would, I would definitely give it bonus marks for that for sure. Sure. Um, like a a, a serving window where they put the. Bing. Yeah, exactly, and it goes through the window. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that's okay. called, but a okay. dumb yeah. waiter? That's not a dumb waiter. I don't no, know. No, I is. know what you're saying. Though. A galley yeah. kitchen. A galley kitchen. Okay, okay. So this I is would, kind of. I would like to to pay by getting my check and then going up to the register to pay. <laughs> mm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Leave your tip on the table, then get then up. Go to the register and pay. Yep. 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 Okay. So this this place had a lot of those things. One thing Palmer kind of mentioned it that this place didn't have that I I contend is critical for the diner experience. Was it the March of Dimes? Was the March of Dimes? This was a Shriner facility. Uh, <laughs> is it's it's the it's the grill right behind the counter. Oh, uh, yeah, that's good. Which which I think I'm in the minority saying that diners have to have this, but it's, to me it's not the real diner experience unless like. If you're sitting at the counter, you just give your order right to the short order cook. Uh, and this place didn't have that. And uh, therefore, so I contend it was not a diner. If it wasn't a diner then, Mike, what, what are you calling it? Just a restaurant. Wow. It was See. a restaurant with many features similar to a diner. It did have Collins' <laughs> like train car look. It had the booths. It had the counter. had a lot of the, what is it, uh, from, that's a formaldehyde diner. or yeah, something? Yeah, that's 100% What's a diner. Uh, there's, I don't, I don't know how many train car look restaurants you're gonna have that are not diners. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, I found at least one. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, I've lost this argument. Uh, luckily, my wife doesn't usually listen to the podcast, but because I'm no longer potting in the basement, she can probably hear this and will probably listen to the podcast now. Yeah, let just, her know that just it's, to make you sure you take diner. that L. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, we tried. (laughs) 
I think it's back to you, Colin. Yeah, Colin, just again continuing to be All the right. worst host. Oh, wonderful. Uh, back to me. I was trying to just give you some space. I, I was like, "That's it. That's all you want to talk about, Mike." All right. Um, <laughs> should I talk about? My, should I talk about each of my hamburgers that I ate? Please. I mean, <laughs> we got time. Um, you know, I don't want to talk about soccer. Uh, my weekend in French fries uh, was superfluous in French fries. Wonderful in French fries. Rich in French fries. Uh, but the thing about having a three-year-old is that you can't eat French fries in front of them mm. because they will. They just need them. They mm-hmm. need your French fries. It doesn't matter what else is on their plate. There's no concept of, you know, eat your own food. You already ate your French fries. So the entire <laughs> weekend, I've been eating French fries directly from the bag on in the, the kitchen. Yeah, on the low. Well, I, you know, go in there to refill my glass of water, which comes back with the same amount of water in it. Do either of you watch the show I Think You Should Leave? Uh, no. Yes, but not all of it. Uh, there's, there's, a, there's a sketch where he's eating a hot dog in his sleeve, and I'm just imagining Colin doing that with French <laughs> That's fries. That's exactly what I'm doing. Just has a couple French fries. And... Yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing. Like, my, uh, like he went to, he had to go to the bathroom, and my wife took him to the bathroom, and I'm like, <laughs> slamming French fries. <laughs> and he's, co- so he's coming I'm... back. I hear him being like, I'm done. And I'm like, oh, shit. I'm going to get caught with these French fries in my hand. He just walks in. You just have puffy cheeks. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing about, friend, about three-year-olds is they're idiots. So, you know. It's very easy to get away with this stuff. That's so good. Love it. All right. It's just some things for you guys to look forward to. I'm sure mm-hmm. Dan is well-versed in the art of... Uh, actually, his his son is so well-behaved, he probably doesn't have to stoop to my level. Um, <laughs> all right. For a little warm-up, uh, I thought we would do this, but honestly, like I said uh, before we actually started potting, uh, this, turned, this turned out to be not a great category, I think, because it's... It's basically just a geography comp- competition. Um, oh, darn. T- tell me, <laughs> Palmer, I'm going to let you go first. And you, okay. and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change the, um, the format of this competition. Good. Dumb it down just like decided. you're a soccer dad. No, I'm just going to, uh, you know, just this happens to be the format I want to go with this time. No real, no real reason. Uh, Palmer... Tell me as many teams that you can think of that made it into UEFA qualifying for the World Cup but didn't advance to the World Cup. They were mm. eliminated from UEFA qualifying. Just give me as many you just, as you can. You want me to rattle and then we'll, off? And then after you go, <clears throat> we'll see how many Mike can get. Okay. <laughs> I, I like this wrinkle. That didn't make it into the that World did Cup. did not make it. Yep. European um, teams that are not going to the World Cup. Okay. Uh, Italy. That's a good one. Um, uh, Liechtenstein. Oh, such Does a good that one. Count? Yes. Uh, um, San Marino. Got it. Uh, got a little thing for the little countries. North Macedonia qualified. Um, Czech, uh, the Czech Republic. Wait, hold on. Actually, 
with Macedonia didn't qualify. I'm pretty no, they sure. Didn't. But... Well, that that is also true. <clears throat> oh yeah. Okay. Sorry. What did you just say? After the, Macedonia, the Czech Republic. The Czech Republic. Uh, correct. Okay. Um, uh, let's see. I don't like this. I don't like this. Um, I don't like this format because I have to like think, and I need to. I need. I need to bounce you off. Need the, the mic. time from the from the going around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, after Mike names twenty seven teams, you can go again. Okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, Ukraine is playing. Scotland is playing. Wales is playing. Um, Palmer, I'm going to need you to audit a European geography class during your lunch period. Thanks. I, I, am I not naming European countries right now? You're doing great, Palmer. You're doing great. I feel like, I'm doing, your really, head. I feel like I'm doing really well. I'm really um, proud of you. I'm, just, I'm getting in your Romania. head. That's what I'm doing. Correct. It's a great Romania. one. It's a great um, one. Estonia. Correct. Great. Uh, Slovenia, great, killing um, it. Uh, Azerbaijan, are they yes. in UEFA? <laughs> yes. Um. Uh. Let's see. Is Uzbekistan in UEFA? I'm just. No. I'm uh, going like East Eastern Europe right now. They're, I'm I'm feeling pretty confident they're in, they're in Asia. They are not. Damn. They are not. Oh, I feel like that was pretty good, though. That was pretty good. You got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight teams. I had some more to go. I I got some. <laughs> I got some on deck. I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna I'm gonna say them like Colin eats French fries. I'm gonna do it in the other room. <laughs> <laughs> just do it when Mike's not paying attention. All right, Mike. How many can you get? Uh, all right, Andorra. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna go uh, alphabetical. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ireland. Uh, I'll accept it, but it's N- Republic of Ireland. Northern Ireland. <laughs> uh, Norway. Finland. Uh, Greece. That that was that was the one I had on deck. It's, it's a good one to keep on deck, but. You can't be keeping them on deck around me, baby. <laughs> uh, Turkey, Bulgaria, uh, Malta. Malta definitely oh. didn't qualify. That's a good shout. Barely play soccer. Uh, did we say Russia? I did uh, not say Russia. I did not say Russia. Russia, Belarus, uh, did I say Bulgaria? Bul- you okay. said Bulgaria. Bulgaria. He just said Bulgaria. It's over. He it's said over. it. He On said deck time. Let's go. Uh, Sweden. Ooh, it's a good one. Oh. Uh, really shoving uh, did, it in Goose's did Hungary, face. Did Hungary qualify? No. Did I win? <laughs> um, you're one behind right now. Oh, you God. can do this. You can do this. Um, Believe in yourself. <clears throat> Shit. Uh, you said Belarus, Bulgaria, Latvia. Get in. Let's go. 
All right, we've got a tie game. One more. Can he do it? Oh, I have to do another one? Latvia was... It's 11-11 right now. Only if you want to. Um, Latvia... Shit. Uh, I can't think of anything right now. Um, Iceland. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go, Palmer. Me teaching that geography audit class. All right. There there it is. There's your warm up 12 to 11. Palmer wins. Didn't see that coming. Great, great dub for Palmer. (laughs) Mike, sorry. Better luck next time. Yeah, for your geography. Um, maybe you can study up and maybe audit a class or something. Yeah, well, just wait till we do, like, you know, chemicals and uh, biological <laughs> families and shit like that. I'm going to eat Palmer alive. Yep. <laughs> Next week, we're doing the periodic table. <laughs> the whole thing. I'm Helium. Ready. All right. Helium. All right, I'm we're ready. moving on. We're moving on. Emails, Mike. Emails. First email is from Ben Pearson. He says, cheers to the USA qualifying for the World Cup. I'm sure y'all, you, you will, hmm, this is not really a contraction I'm aware of. Y O U apostrophe L L. It's you will. You will. You will all have lots to say about it. Sorry, Ben. I'm a geography guy. I'm not an English guy. No, Ben. We mostly talk about French fries on this podcast. You know that. Question for the pod for the goalkeeper specifically, which is everyone but me. Did Stefan do himself damage in this window? Plenty of comments that Turner cemented his status by not playing. Both goals against Costa Rica weren't great from Stefan. What are your thoughts? Ryan Palmer, you're, a lot of people say you're the best goalkeeper on this podcast. <laughs> so I, we come to you first. Okay. Um, that's a lie, but <clears throat> I'm not a goalkeeper anymore, so um, <laughs> I can't be. Uh, I would say Stefan is pretty safe because who knows what Turner's health is. So, um, he could have very well played himself out of a starting, starting role. He definitely played himself into uh, a goalkeeper controversy, if you will. Um, but who knows what Turner is going to be, what what his health is going to look like. He, his feet are major issues. So, uh, I think Stefan's still our number one and will be our wow. number one. Um, because I just, as of right so, now, I don't so know if, if you could tell but, me that. Okay, Turner's you're taking be... the cowardly way out. You're taking the cowardly way out. Uh, <laughs> okay. Bo- if both guys are healthy. <laughs> wait, wait, okay. Mike. Who yes. are you starting? Just, just give him the Kobe soft gift right now. <laughs> Listen, okay, if both guys are healthy, I think Turner gets to start. That's, I because I think that he has proven himself in, in big tournaments so far, um, made big saves, uh, and has, has been pretty solid. Uh, Stefan hasn't. Um, and so I think if, if Turner is healthy, he gets to start. But as of right now, Stefan's the number one, and we have bigger issues than our goalkeeper. So um, the last thing we need right now is, is, a, is a goalkeeper controversy. So there you go. I mean... I don't know if we have bigger issues than our goalkeeper. We don't Stephen. have a number nine. Yeah, that's our biggest issue. Yeah. Colin, yeah. why is Palmer wrong? Um, I mean, I think the only thing he's wrong about is was his initial soft take. 
He's right that if uh, Turner and Stefan are both healthy, Turner's the starter. I don't think it's that much of a stretch to get Turner healthy. Um, I think that at this level or in these circumstances where you where every game is going to matter like so much, um, you lean towards the goalkeeper who does not make mistakes. You lean towards the safe guy. And uh, Turner has shown has they've had about the similar opportunity let's say over the past year with the u.s and stefan's made more big mistakes that's that's it so um i think turner will get the start if he's able to yeah show he's healthy in advance of the world cup which should be easy because that's whatever seven months from now like he should be able to get healthy and he will Mm -hmm. i think so i think matt turner will start uh every game at the world cup for the u.s yeah. I mean, I think before this window, I was pretty 50-50. And then Stefan, bad game against Costa Rica and should have given up basically the same kind of like dropped cross goal in the Panama game. He just made a really nice save after he dropped the ball. Anyway, you guys contend number nine is our biggest problem. And uh, Pearson has some thoughts on that as well. He says, Berge and him have been talking about the possibility of Christian Ramirez, former Minnesota United player, currently... Uh, just pulled this up. He is fifth in Scotland in goals scored. He's got 10 goals this year. And uh, Ben wants to know, should Kristen Ramirez be getting a look as a possible number nine as all others continue to fail to convince? Colin, what do you think about this? I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I don't think it's realistic. I don't think he actually will, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I don't hate it. I mean, I, I think I read somewhere like um, – doesn't this remind you of uh, Hercules Gomez and Edson Buttle um, playing their way onto the team in, what was that, 2010, 2010 I guess? Yeah. yeah. Where it was like those two guys were no one, you know, a year before, two years before the World Cup, or nowhere near the setup, really. Uh, and then they ended up playing minutes. And, uh, yeah, Christian Ramirez could be that guy. Whoever's hot could be that guy, right? Like Pepe, whatever it was. Now, six months ago, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't really have a concept of time, but uh, Matt Hoppy, like, who is he now? Like, he gets in the 18 and never plays for Mallorca. Mm-hmm. Like, um, it, it just, any given day could be anybody. So, um, if Christian Ramirez is still doing this six months from now, um, yeah, he could make the plane. Totally. I don't think that happens, and I don't think he's been in with the national team quite enough recently to kind of make it seamless so like the other guys i mentioned hoppy um maybe dk those kind of guys if they get healthy oh they could start like or if they get hot they could start they could play a big role um i think ramirez is like one half step too far outside the bubble or whatever the inner circle Mm. i but i i feel like there's always a, a guy like that 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 makes the plane that makes the trip right like you think about like Clint Mathis in in two thousand two, um, you know Bobby Wood is a name that that comes to mind. Uh, you know Hercules Gomez, like you mentioned, Edson Buttle. Um, there's always Robbie Finley. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's like always names that are kind of like these outside like uh, ancillary names that you might just pull in. And if Christian Ramirez can get a shot, like I don't, 
I don't see why um, Greg wouldn't like pull in any striker that's available in the pool and just see if he can get somebody that's performing or that's hot um, and, and bring them because we're definitely going to need it. So, see, uh, I, I agree with this. I think we need to test out other strikers. I think what works against Christian Ramirez and any other potential striker <clears throat> is that there's only a week between the end of the club season and the start of the World Cup. There's only a, a week when the full team's going to be together before the World Cup. Usually it's like several weeks, almost a month. And so the big camp is going to be this summer, and it seems like from everything Greg is saying, he's just going to bring in the guys he already has for yeah. the summer camp. So even if Christian Ramirez in the fall is banging like, you know, five goals in a game, I could still see Greg just saying, oh, we don't have enough time to, you know, integrate him into our incredibly complex system, which is a Greg problem. That's not a, yeah. that, you know, you don't do that. I mean, that, that's, that's also a World coaching. Cup scheduling problem. But uh, I would also say, I mean, I, I agree with you. Uh, but I also think part of it is that is a little bit of like the evolution of the U.S. men's national team. And like, even though right now this is a problem position for us, just generally speaking, we're a deeper soccer playing nation than we have been in the past. So we're not like pulling like kind of the hot guy from MLS necessarily mm-hmm. onto the plane now. Like you, that's that level is not quite making it. Um, like Chris Mueller or whatever, like that, that guy is more like a, a B team player than a, you know, walking onto the A team. So um, I think that also makes this kind of like story or whatever a little bit, you know, have, he's got a little bit more of a hill to get over. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely true. I mean, I think the, the nine is maybe the one location, even though we've got all these potential guys, like you could, you could say like, oh, Christian Ramirez, he's, you know, 32 years old or however old he is, like just bring an old head who knows how to score goals. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I like it, Pearson. I think we all like it, but I don't know if Greg likes it. Uh, next email is from Vincent Orozco. He talks about, uh, you know, coaches for his, his son uh, and different kinds of coaches. He's seen the Bob Knights. He's seen uh, the people who say that they don't know how to uh, know how to coach kids, and then they just go sit on the sideline. But uh, my favorite part of this email, and Colin is just, pointed out as well is that he uses the phrase chinchilla in it which (laughs) is just beautiful it's just really really incredible uh love that vincent um and he doesn't ask this question and we'll respect the chinchilla we will respect the hell out of it respect (laughs) it so much because we don't edit the pod anymore i never edited the pod but no one really edits the pod uh so we don't have we don't have the ability to take that out so we're just gonna just gonna leave it here he doesn't ask this question but i'm gonna ask it uh you know he talks about people coaching his his kid uh palmer what is your level of interest in coaching your kid in soccer or other sports man i don't know i feel like that's so far away right now that it's hard for me to even think about god you are like, so soft tonight i'm telling you i'm i'm just being <laughs> honest with you mike she's eight months he's, I can't. he's just so soft he's just he's, being honest with you he's so soft i haven't even thought of the prospect of her being one yet like i can't well, i can't okay, wrap think my about head it. around colin thinking. colin 
you answer, and then we'll come back to Palmer after he's had a chance to think. I was going to yeah, answer absolutely. the question. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, I'm excited to coach my sons in sports. I don't really um, think I will be coaching once we get to the level where uh, winning is important. I don't think I'll be coaching them in high school or some kind of level like that. But, like, uh, when we're playing with, like, pup goals and stuff like that, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in for it. Like, I got to be there anyway. I got to drive my kid anyway. Uh, keep me, you know, attentive as a parent and plugged into my kids. What's, sure. your, what's your style of coaching? Are you a Bob Knight? Are you a Pep Guardiola? Oh, I think I'm going to be like uh, like your, your, your boy uh, uh, sitting behind you in the stands, like ultra positive, <laughs> like lots of chatter, lots of chatter. Yeah. I remember my own father uh, always having a Diet Coke in his hand, uh, no matter what time the game was, like 9 a.m., Diet Coke in his hand because he'd be screaming the whole time and he'd need some, you know, something to, to, be, to drink because his voice would go out. And, yeah, I think that'll be me. But it'll be all, like, great pass, Tommy, even though Tommy, like, that was a shot, and it just ended up with the other kid. Like, just just go for it. It's all about the, you know, orange slices. Everyone had a good time, even though we lost by 10. Love it. Palmer, I'm sorry for being so mean to you. <laughs> if you want to Listen, refuse to I've, answer this question, I would understand. I've coached. I've done this. I've done this job. It's a lot of work. I've... Mike, you and I, we've coached eight-year-olds before. It's a lot of work. Uh, I think that's about, those, about those the age where, I, where I'm going to retire. That's about <laughs> the age I'll retire. They do not. It's just, it's, um, I would much rather just enjoy watching my daughter play and not necessarily have to worry about, you know, focusing on her and other kids and trying to do a good job for those parents as well. Um because I've done that. I've, I've done it at the high school level, at the young kids level. Um, and it is a blast, but God, it's a lot of work. And I'm old and I'm washed and I want someone younger that's going to be able to run around and like uh, be as energetic as, as I once was. Um, but you know you what? I'll probably end up coaching her and I've, I look forward to it very much. So. You do, do you look think, great in a tracksuit, though. I'll give you that. <laughs> do, you, do you think, uh, looking back on your experience uh, coaching eight-year-olds and having parents, like, you know, have pressure on you or you felt pressure from parents to, I don't we know, whatever. Shit. We were Our parents were actually chill, chill as they fuck. They were like, super chill. These, oh, really? these kids All right, suck. Well, then never mind. And these, these other kids who are just older, who are babysitting my kids, seem pretty nice, and they do yeah. a good job of babysitting. They were great. They were great yeah. parents. All right. That, see, that's what I want. Is that, yeah. then, uh, you know what's wild? Those kids are like in their young want. 20s now. Yes, Mike. It's fucking crazy. I was just thinking God, about the so washed the other day. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's, yeah. I, I think that's about the age uh, that I'll retire from the coaching game uh, is, you know, 8 to 10. Where no. Well, do you I think, think like, you, will you retire or you just stay – You'll be like the village. Oh, yeah, that's Colin. He coaches uh, kids U5 coaches to U7. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think when my kid is not in it, I will be in it. Um, but I, I just think that there's a, there's a sweet spot there where you're actually playing soccer, but um, you're not old enough yet that 
any parent is like, my kid is the prodigy, and why are they playing right midfield instead of left midfield? Um, Colin, Colin is going to be the hairy redneck. They like to of, cut in on their foot. Exactly. Colin's just going to roll the ball out there and just kick it around a bit. He's going to have exactly. a drill called get the ball away from coach, and he just <laughs> megs little kids constantly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and I'm going to do it while eating French fries. Literally. Oh, yeah. That, that's going to be it. If, if uh, the, the player of the game gets an order of gets French fries. It. Yeah. Um, great emails. Really a wide variety of topics being covered today. Uh, Soccerthread at gmail.com. Colin, back to you, our illustrious host. Thank you. Thank you very much. The big news of the week is the World Cup draw. I mean, it, the World Cup is still months and months away, but this, you know, the wrap-up of qualifying, or qualifying being basically almost over, I guess there is still, you know, three spots here that still are down to playoffs, but the wrap-up of qualifying now means that the draw can happen, and that's just super exciting. I mean, I, I, for me at least, it makes it feel real. It uh, gives you a little bit. We got the draw show with a little bit of Carly Lloyd, a little bit of pomp and circumstance, you know. Uh, remind us, FIFA reminding us who they really are. Uh, obviously, this draw was fixed. Um, we can talk about that. But uh, I'll quickly run through the groups, and then, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about them. So in Group A, we have Qatar, Ecuador, Ecuador Senegal, Netherlands. B, is the U.S.'s group with England, Iran, U.S., and the Euro playoff, which is Wales, Scotland, and Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Group C, Argentina, Saudi Arabia, Mexico, Poland. Uh, so, you know, that one for me is also you kind of picture the U.S. in those shoes maybe. Um, group D, France, uh, a playoff team, uh, which I cannot remember which one that is. Uh, I think it's uh, Asia versus... South America, Denmark, Tunisia, Group E, Spain, playoff team, which is uh, Costa Rica potentially versus New Zealand, uh, Germany and Japan, Group F, Belgium, Canada, Morocco, Croatia, Group G, Brazil, Serbia, Switzerland, Cameroon, Group H, Portugal, Ghana, Uruguay, Korea. Um, Palmer, Group Mm -hmm. B, USA, how are you feeling about this draw? How are you feeling about this group? Both from a USA fan perspective of you want to win games, but also just from a entertainment value perspective. I mean, I don't hate this group. I think I feel like uh, I don't know if I if I if I caught all of the um, uh, the pain and suffering that was the day of the draw. Uh, there felt like that felt like there was a lot of freak out on the on the thread, which is exactly what I asked for the morning of. <laughs> yeah. um, and this, I feel like this is not a, this is not a terrible group. I think, um, you know, Iran is Iran, and there's some history there, so that's you know, fixiness some, that we can get into. Some world politics there. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> this feels like similar, especially the way that England, uh, the tabloids in England celebrated this group. It feels very similar to the. Uh, easy year of the the headlines where it was England, Algeria, uh, Slovenia, and Yanks uh, are the U.S. for easy. Um, And we won that group. We were first in that group. Um, That was 2010. So 
Uh, I don't hate this group. I, I like our chances. Um, we all know that Greg loves coaching in a, in a tournament. So um, I see us getting out, getting out of this group uh, pretty easily. Woo. England lost to a team that didn't even qualify for the World Cup. So fuck out of here. <laughs> I feel like our group is, is sneaky uh, in the sense that, like, we avoided – I mean, England's, England's good, but for me, like, the teams to really avoid were Brazil, Belgium, and France in pot one. We avoided them. Good job. And then the, the teams in the other pots, like, neither of them really scare me, but they're also not pushovers. Um, and I feel like there's fewer pushovers in the World Cup now than there were, you know, even like the last World Cup we were at in 2014, where, I don't know, it just feels like the level of, of play globally is getting better. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think we should get out of this group. I also feel like it's very much within the realm of possibilities that we could finish last and, like, deservedly slow, whereas I don't think I've really felt that way in the past. Um, but we sure have finished last in some groups, though. We sure have. Yeah, 2006. That was uh, fun times. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, for us, we're in pot two. So, based on the stats, we should be the second best team. And nothing in this group made me think otherwise. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, gr- I agree with all that. I think uh, to me, it was. Mostly about avoiding this uh, the toughest matchups, and and I think we didn't get any of the toughest matchups. I like the fact that the best team in our group is beatable, right? It's I, I felt like there are some teams that just don't seem beatable for the U.S. For me, for whatever reason, maybe it's because they battered us so bad at um, the Copa America when we were playing well at the time. But Argentina just does not feel beatable for the U.S. Mm-hmm just does not feel like we could ever take a point off them. And England, we, we totally, we know we can. So I like that. Um, as far as other groups, Mike, do you have a favorite other group that uh, is, is intriguing? Um, I would say my favorite other group is probably Group E. Uh, like, I wasn't really paying attention to this pot until, like, the groups were done, and then I was like, wait, Germany was not in pot one? Like, Germany's always in pot one. They're Germany. They have to be in pot one. Uh, and the fact that we get Germany and Spain in a group together um, is just, that that's going to be awesome. Like, Japan, they made it to the round of 16 last time. They're no pushover. Um, and, you know, Germany has been down recently. Like, that's why they're not in pot one. Uh, so, yeah, that, that group should be really fun. I think also uh, Group D, who's probably going to end up with Peru. So it'll be France, Peru, Denmark, Tunisia. Like, that's just – all those teams seem pretty good to me. Yeah. Uh, like, like they could they could pull off something. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Like, we'll, we'll get into other people's favorites, but th- those ones stick out to me. Do you For me, Group D by far is my least favorite, actually. Yeah. Um, and that F- is because – Flags are too similar? Exactly. There's too many red and white kits in that group. Yeah. Tunisia, yeah. Denmark, and Peru are basically going to try out the same kits, except Peru's got the sash. And the then sash France is, is nice red, white, blue. The sash is nice. The sash deserves to play against a team that is, like, you know, wearing green and yellow hoops. Like, really, you know, not 
Tunisia is going to come out in one white kit and one red kit. Just all, you know, it's going to be super boring. So I respect that. I'm not liking that group at all. Not at all. Uh, What's do your you favorite? Have a, I feel like the 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 talk really was that there was real no group of death. Do you feel like there's a group of death this year? I feel like it might be Group H. Uh, group H. Portugal, H, Ghana, I believe, is what they were saying. What? H, I believe, is how they are pronouncing it on the uh, FIFA broadcast. <laughs> just really cracks me up that, that they spell H. it. H. Yeah. H. So I feel like Group H, uh, you know, we, we crunch some numbers. We're a serious podcast. We crunch numbers here. And Group H, uh, just like a lot of kind of uh, middle to bottom teams in the pots, like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, all these teams are they're good. They're in the World Cup. Uh, but in that way, it seems like it could be really fun to me. I don't know if it's a group of death because I think all these teams are, like I said, they're kind of at the bottom of their pots. But, like, you look at that group and you think, yeah, any of those teams could come out of it, and I wouldn't be too surprised. Yeah, I, So that's I actually, the most competitive group, then, you would think? I think the, that's the group of struggle, we'll call it. That's the, to me, that's the group of washed. Like, those teams are all washed. That's why we think they're good. It's because they have been mm-hmm. good. Yeah. It's like, obviously, Portugal, Ronaldo, Wash. Ghana, like a lot of the guys you think of as playing for Ghana don't actually play for Ghana anymore. Right. They're washed mm-hmm. too old. Uruguay, same thing. Suarez, Cavani, Godin. washed, washed. Yep. Uh, Korea, maybe less washed. But still, they're not like, they're. It's about to be the sun show. <laughs> but they're like the least, uh, you know, star-studded team in that in that group so um i think actually that's a soft group um mm. but should be interesting no no less but i think uh who's your group be of death s- then i think e for me e- spain and germany yeah. in the same group um germany's you know, maybe washed it- though germany's in pot two they're washed <laughs> maybe that maybe it does end up being one of these groups where it's like, oh, these two teams are good and those two teams are bad, and so it's kind of not actually that interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so from that perspective, I agree that there's like no real group of death set the way it's set up. But there are pot three and pot four teams that you think, oh, they could actually be good. Like, what if they show up and are good? Then you're going to have a really interesting group. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of those for me are uh, Poland. Um, I think could be very good. And they're in with Mexico and Argentina, so I think they can give Mexico a very hard time to get out of that group. Uh, I think Morocco can be very good. I think Canada can be very good. So I think Group F is Yeah, I was going to say Group F might wide be the open. group of death. Yeah, I think that one's wide open. Like, like Mike was kind of saying, I think there's, there's like absolutely no soft team in that one. Um, I mean, Canada might not show up, but I think they will. But, uh, you know, they're... Haven't been it's in the too, World Cup. Too hot in Qatar for them. Yeah. Cold weather team. <laughs> That's for true. Yeah. No dumping in the snowbank after they, <laughs> they score. Um, but, yeah, I like that one. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of where I think this is going more is, like, because of – I buy Mike's thesis that uh, the, the weaker teams at the World Cup are not as weak as they used to be, and that should create interesting groups. Uh, what team – what team in this what team in pot 1 do you outside of portugal cuz i feel like your answer is going to be portugal what team in pot 1 do you feel like is going to underperform so pot 1 qatar fuck out of here we're not going to talk about qatar 
Brazil, Belgium, <laughs> France, Argentina, England, Spain, and Portugal. What team in pot one do you feel like is going to underperform? Brazil currently is uh, the favorite to win the World Cup. They have, what, 26% chance to win the World Cup. I feel like Brazil is going to underperform. Ooh. I feel like what? Brazil's not going to – they'll get out of their group, right, but they're not going to win the World Cup. I'm going to put money on that. This is a preview well, yeah, to our, our secret gambling with- pot. With, yeah, with 26% Secrets chance to win, the, to win the World Cup, uh, you know, 74% chance they don't win the World Cup. You're not exactly... Yeah, but I'm saying underperform, right? So they should get out of the group, but, like, maybe lose in the first knockout stage or something, right? Yeah, or, the, the, the model has them 50-50 to make the semifinal. Okay. So, so you're, in, you're so saying that's, they lose in the first knockout stage. That's Yeah. Yes. That's pretty good. To, yeah. To me, the obvious answer is Argentina. I feel like they're, you know, any team with Messi in it uh, just kind of ends up getting built around Messi, and that's especially true for Argentina. And, like, I mean, granted, I haven't seen them play in, in a year or two, but every time I've seen Argentina play in the last 10 years, it's just very static. You knock the ball around. You knock it a Messi. He tries to dribble someone. And I just feel like they... They've got plenty of talent, but I, I don't know. It just feels like I, I just don't expect the team to do well. Even though they won Copa America a year ago or two years ago, I, I just feel like it's a team that's you know got some guys on the older end, and I just I, I think they'll also get out of their group and then lose in the in the round of sixteen. Yeah, when when England lose uh, in penalties in the quarterfinal, is that going to be count as underperforming? <laughs> Because nope, that is definitely going to happen. That's, that's their, their level. level. That's their level. Okay. Um, then I and then I'm not going to make that answer. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with uh, what you guys are saying, uh, especially with Argentina. I think I think that's probably, you know, a good shout. Uh, the one I wouldn't forget is France. I feel like France at major tournaments mm-hmm. is the ultimate hot cold team, mm-hmm. or like ha- historically have been, and. We, they've been hot recently, yeah. which gambler's fallacy, but they're due. <laughs> they're due for some cold. They're due for some internal strife. And well, they, came, they came into Euros, and they were like, they were supposed to kind of run away with the Euros, and they struggled. So I feel like that's, that was their Yeah, that maybe that's their, that's their struggle fallacy, level now. Yeah. Right? They used to just lose every game of the tournament and lose to Senegal and, and everything, you know? Yeah, and, like, have a... Back uh, in the good old days. Right, yeah. Did they... Refuse to get off the bus or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a video that I will never forget. Uh, did they struggle or did they just lose to Italy? I feel like they were okay and then they lost to Italy because they're France and they lose to Italy. They didn't but, lose to Italy, though. They lost to, they? like, Switzerland or something in yeah. in uh, penalties. What kind of people live in Switzerland, though? Italians. <laughs> <laughs> people who speak Italian but are Swiss. I feel like there's a difference there. Uh, but uh, All right, Colin, you, potato, you, mentioned, this. you mentioned Poland as a potential non-pot one or two team that you think could advance. What yeah. are other teams that you guys would pick out of pots three and four? Uh, so kind of teams that aren't favored that you think have the best shots to advance. I, I think Japan performs well at the World Cup. Every oh, wow. World Cup. 
You're, and they're gonna, you're gonna, they're gonna get out of that Spain so Germany group. I, that is a tough I think, group, but I think that they do. I'm I'm telling wow. you, I think that they uh, they tend to perform well and maybe overperform at these World Cups. Um, I'm I'm on the blue tsunami, baby. Let's go. I think that they get out of this group. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Palmer's back. Call, him uh, call me coward enough. Call me coward enough, Mike, and I'll just yeah. do something stupid. I love it. Um, I'll take uh, well, one. I'll take Ecuador for sure because they okay. have a nice little draw okay. where they're you know they're in Group A with Qatar, Senegal, and Netherlands. Like none of those teams are, uh, you know, for sure things. Um, plenty of opportunity there. And the other team I like to get out of the group would be Ukraine, if they can, or Wales, if they qualify. Um, Scotland, I think, are poor. Like they, if they somehow make it, we'll batter them. But uh, I think everything we would say about the USA can also be said about that potential entrant. They're not going to fear playing us. They're not going to fear they playing should. Iran. They They're should. not going to fear playing England they can get out of the group. So uh, I don't think we are, uh, you know, a strong team coming out of pot two, quite frankly. Yeah, that's fair. I'm going to give a shout for Senegal. I like Senegal out of pot or group A. Uh, African champions, uh, their fans know how to use a little uh, <laughs> laser, pointer. Dark laser arts. pointer. They, they know the dark arts. Yep. Yep, and that's you need a little bit of you need a little bit of fortune, uh, and I mean obviously like they've got Mane up top, they've got Mendy in the back, fill in a, nine other guys, and you know you got yourself a team. Fair enough, fair enough. I, w- I mean, I w- I would say one thing: my hopes and dreams for this World Cup. We can, I'm sure we will get into that more as the World Cup approaches, but uh, definitely would love to see a- an African team make a deep run. Um, you know, I don't. We've never seen an African team what make the semis, yeah. um, and so that would be great to see. I don't necessarily think that any of these teams, uh, you know, set up to be to be that good, right? Like are like that stacked in talent or something like that, or have a golden generation or whatever. Um, but also, we've seen some great uh, surprise teams come out of it. Africa and Senegal being the, you know the number one in my mind that year that what was that in two thousand two yep yeah they beat France and I don't know how deep they went that year but they were great um, kind of the, the story of the tournament um, so hopefully we get that again for sure hopefully we get that again yeah um, I like wait I, I like this hopes and dreams section Palmer what are your hopes and dreams <laughs> oh I was gonna ask a question my hopes and dreams this is lead into my question. Uh, Nigeria is my hopes and dreams are some for some fire kicks for Nigeria to somehow qualify. Nigeria, yeah. <laughs> Nigeria, last World Cup had the hands down best kit. Yeah, um, my hope and dream is that we can get some some great kits from from all of these these nations. It'll be so. Korea is the one to watch. Korea yeah. will be the one to watch. I, you yeah. know, I I had an epiphany because I, I I snuck in a little bit of um, I think it was on Monday of this week. Uh, maybe it was on Tuesday when the African uh, qualifiers were happening. And the Cameroon kits, just like the, the three colors that they have, they've got the, the green, the red, the yellow. 
I would say are up there in terms of iconic international kits. And I was so happy when they qualified. I don't think their team's actually very good. Uh, they were very <laughs> fortunate to qualify. It was an incredible game, actually. They scored on, like, the last kick of the game uh, to draw. And nothing, nothing like drawing to get into the World Cup. But anyway, uh, just great kits. And even if their kit manufacturer just doesn't do anything, it's just I love those, those iconic kits where you just turn it on. You're like, yep, that's definitely Cameroon. Don't have to look up in the top left. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I, l- I love a kit also that uh, three different colors, socks are do not yeah. match. Yeah, yeah. The shorts do not match the shirt. And uh, the international game is obviously uh, ripe for that with, uh, you know, resembling the flag being a, mm-hmm. a thing. I do. Can I add another hope and dream? Yeah, give us some hopes and dreams. Give us all the hopes and dreams. Uh, we need more. It's a World Cup in Qatar. We need as much hope and dreams as we can get. It's well. This is my hopes and dreams. It's a World Cup in Qatar in November and December. This is middle of the school year for your boy. So my hope and dream is that I can watch as many, as many mm. games as possible. Which means I'm going to be mailing it in. Uh, <laughs> Time the to plan that November strike in December. Uh, and we'll just be broadcasting the games all day. So, yep, love it, love it. Pray for my job, <laughs> Mike. Do you have a hope and dream besides uh, Cameroon? Uh, I feel like the last few World Cups have been pretty boring in terms of like. Well, I mean, I guess Croatia was a huge surprise, but mm-hmm. there's just been a lot of European domination the last few World Cups, and it's a World Cup. It's supposed to be teams who don't usually play each other very often. And so I really just want to see as many irregular matchups as possible in the knockout rounds. I want to see, you know, whatever, uh, Ghana having a game against Mexico and they've never played each other before. Uh, or, you know, whatever, pick team A from one continent and pair them with team B from another continent. And, like, the last time they played was, you know, 1973 in some weird tournament that no longer exists. So that's what I want to see. I agree with that. I'll, 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 we can start uh, right now. Root, uh, I mean, it's, it's kind of root for chaos, but, uh, you know, root, win in doubt, root against Europe. Yeah, I'm definitely on that train. <laughs> All right, I love it. Um, root against Europe next week with us at the Soccer Third Podcast. Thank you all for being here. And uh, most of all, thanks, Cliff. Thanks, Cliff. Thank you, Cliff.